If mercy didn't say no, who said no for you? Who would have stopped your trip to hell? Who would have saved you from condemnation? Who would have washed your sins away? So when we rejoice in the goodness of God, let's act like we didn't have a backup plan. Give God the praise that mercy said no on your behalf. Amen. And thank the Lord for it. What a blessing. We thank the Lord for his mercy. And it didn't just stop at salvation. It's new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. Well, you know where we are on Wednesday nights. Go there with me. The book of Esther, chapter number 9. As you're standing to your feet, let's say our theme together. God is working. Talk to me. Now, every week, we got to work up to it, you know. Y'all start with that old Wednesday night rustiness. So let's just go ahead to the top. We're going to not waste a lot of time getting up there. Let's just go ahead from zero to 100 in a few seconds. Say it with me. God is Boy, y'all sound like y'all mean it. Either you do or you're good actors. How many of you believe he's working behind the scenes? How many of you are witnesses of that, living testimonies of that? How many of you need him to be doing that right now? Thank God he is. I'm God, I change not. Jesus Christ, 13 and 8 of Hebrews, the same. Say it with me, yesterday, forever. So if he was working out and things in Esther, he still is now. You are his child, aren't you? Why? Because mercy said no. And so we thank God for his work, even when we can't see him. Isn't that what that song way makes? Even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel you, you're working. You never what? You never, you never stop. Aren't you glad he's working tonight? What a blessing. We're in Esther chapter 9. Let's see if we can bring this chapter to a close. And then we'll move into chapter 10 in these weeks ahead. By the grace of God and finish this wonderful, wonderful book where the name of God is not one time mentioned, but his character is undeniable. Now, let's go, if we could, at verse number 26. Esther 9 and 26, hope you have a Bible. If not, these verses are available for you on the screens. Wherefore, they called these days Purim, after the name Pur. Therefore, all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews what? Ordained. Hey, that means they set it aside. They established it. They ordained it. And took upon them, and upon who? Their seed, and upon what? All such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year and that these days shall be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every family, every province, every city and that these days of Purim should not fail among the Jews nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. 29, then Esther who? The daughter of Abihel and Mordecai the Jew wrote with all what? To what? Confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Jews and to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus with words of peace and truth. Remember those 127 provinces? Those 127 provinces that we talked about at the very beginning of this book to describe the illustrious power of this ruler. He was a big man. 
he had a lot going on. And sometimes what's against you that is a lot on one end is the same that's for you when God turns it around. To confirm these days affirm in their times appointed according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of the fasting and their cry and the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim and it was written in a book. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do what you do. And again, we thank you for mercy. Now bless now these moments around thy precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. As we're winding the corner at the end of this series in Esther, verse by verse through this precious book in the Bible, ironically, as I mentioned a few moments ago, establishing our theme is God working behind the scenes, quite appropriate in a book where Literally, the name of God is not one time on the pages, and yet God is moving, practically speaking. This is indicative of the times in our lives when we cannot necessarily see his hand. We cannot necessarily identify his action. We we can't put our finger on his work. it's, it's these moments like in Job's life where he says in 23, I looked on my right hand and on my left hand. I looked where he normally worked and I could not find all oh, that I knew where I might find God. Then Job says, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he have tried me, I shall come forth. Job said, I can't find God, but I know God can find me. And so here we are in a, in a book with ebbs and flows and twists and turns and highs and lows and and moments when it seems like the enemy is winning and then God stays that course and stops the enemy from conquering and destroying. And we watch this story from its conception. As I mentioned a few moments ago, there's a man by the name of Harris and he's ruling as an Eastern power and he's ruling in a bigger way than any others had ruled before him in this province in this area of the world. And it's amazing that God allowed a heathen man to prosper in one sense of the book and these same prosperous provinces that this king ruled at the beginning of the book are the same provinces that are all for the Jews at the end of the Now listen, I'm trying to get you to see something tonight because you cannot let the final word of your life be what the heathen seem to be winning at for a moment. Listen to me now because sometimes the bigger the heathen are, the bigger your blessing is. And we get to the end of this book, and it is a king that was celebrated for his greatness. And ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget the beginning of this letter. He was pompous and proud. Do you remember? He had all these feasts, invited all these people to come see him. Remember, he wanted his wife Vashti to come show off all his guests. That's how full of himself he was. And we look at the beginning of it, and some of you right now, 
are in somewhat of a quasi-depression in your life because people around you who don't live for God seem to have way more than you think they should have and you think God has forgotten about you and let wicked people prosper while you and your little righteous self looking for two nickels to rub together. Listen to me. I'm trying to tell you God knows how to turn it around and sooner or later everybody that was against you because of the work of God will now be for you. And so we're watching this in Esther chapter 9. And Purim is what is, what is being established. Purim is this, this feast, it is this celebration. And this section here is established Purim because they're going to date this celebration in their lives as Jews. This feast that they're going to institute is a celebration in honor of the victory that God gave them while fighting against their enemies and the rest that God gave them from their enemies. By the way, after victory always comes rest. And by the way, there's coming one day, one day where the devil's going to be defeated and the enemies of God are going to be defeated and the false prophet's going to be defeated and the antichrist is going to be defeated and sin is finally going to be wiped out of this world and this world is going to be established and the flesh is not going to rule and reign anymore and we're going to live with God forever and there's coming a day, listen to me now, say amen if you believe it, that the trumpet is going to sound, the dead in Christ is going to rise first, we which are alive shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we, listen, there's coming a day when there'll be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more weeping, no more warring, no more fighting, no more bickering, there's coming a day when the devil won't bother you, when sin won't plague you when the flesh won't try to get you to do the wrong thing there's coming a day where we're not going to have to battle the wrong vices of the world we're not going to have leaders that are legislating things that are contrary to the world there's coming a day we're going to walk the streets of gold we're going to swing on the gates of pearl we're going to live in a mansion that jesus built for himself we're going to eat from the tree of life we're going to sit at the marriage supper. i believe these and there is coming a day when victory will be won and after victory there will be rest You've got to keep your eyes on the prize. So this dated celebration, listen, dated specifically because of when they fought and when they won. And I said to you in your Christian life, you're going to have to learn to have some dates that sync with your victories. Amen. Come on now, Christian. Have you had any victories lately? Because you're fighting not for it, you're fighting from it. Jesus won it, and you shouldn't be living like a loser when you serve a victor. So... They dated the celebration. Remember, they dated on the 14th because they fought on the 13th, the rest on the 14th. The Jews at the capital dated on the 15th because they fought on the 13th and 14th and rested on the 15th. The different date was because of the different war. And ladies and gentlemen, you can't have a celebration for a war you didn't fight. You got to learn to celebrate what God gave you. Stop trying to buy, borrow somebody else's celebration. Get your own victories and have your own celebration. <laughs> Hallelujah. The determined communication, Mordecai now says this must be disseminated for everybody. Verse number 20, send these letters all around. Let everybody know, all the Jews in all the provinces, far and nigh. This must be established. Listen to me. Stop whispering about the goodness of God and shouting about the evil of the devil. Does anybody hear me tonight? Stop, listen, stop saying it loud when it's foolishness and saying it quiet when it's true. Listen to me. Somebody needs to send it out to everybody. God is in the victory business. And then the delightful commemoration. What is it that we're celebrating, Mordecai? Verse 22. We're celebrating this month 
that was turned from sorrow to joy, from mourning to good day, to make them days of feasting and joy, sending portions one to another and gifts from another. We ain't just celebrating, celebrate. We are commemorating something that God did. Listen to me. Is God still doing great things? Is God still healing? Is he still saving? Is he redeeming? Is he changing lives? Is he answering prayer? Don't get tired of saying amen. Listen, God ain't getting tired of blessing. Listen, you say, well, pastor, would you keep saying amen? That I'll remind you, God keeps being good. Now listen to me. If he keeps being good, keep celebrating his goodness. Okay? God can't do the good and the celebrating. I mean, we got to do something. He don't expect us to win the battle, but we at least ought to celebrate it. Amen. So this is a commemoration. And I want you to look back in your life, Christian, when the devil comes along and tries to invite you to a pity party. Come on. Sometimes we have our own pity parties and we're good at throwing them out of nowhere. And from, from, from nowhere, we just have a pity party. We just, we're going to be down in the dumps of despair. We're going to schedule it. We're going to invite guests and we're going to make sure they're as disparaging as we are. You're going to have to tell yourself the same way you told yourself is all over. You got to tell yourself God's been good. And they're, they're, listen, these, these are not false narratives. These are actual happenings that God has brought up. You listen, whether you say for five days or 50 years, I know, I don't have to know anything about you. I know enough about God to know if you've been saved, God's been good. And we just sing about that. I love you, Lord, for your mercy. Listen, you never fail. Your goodness has been running after me. I know that about you. I know that about you, God. Forgive me for the times I've not commemorated your goodness. Forgive me for the times I've let the narrative of the devil be the theme of my life. Forgive me for letting negativity persist when you have been good. Forgive me for highlighting Satan's activities and, and putting yours in fine print. Forgive Give me for talking more about what's bad instead of talking about the God that is good. It is up to me to remind my brain that God has been good. It is up to me to encourage myself in the Lord. God has given me the occurrences. It is up to me to make sure they are not forgotten. Last week, the distinct characterization. Per means lot. And so perm was the plural of per, meaning lots. So that was what the feast was named after. Per was the lot that Haman cast to figure out when the Jews would be destroyed. He cast lots. Last week we established that the casting of lots was akin to drawing straws or rolling dice or flipping a coin. It was leaving it to chance. But Proverbs chapter 16 tells us, although it was chance on earth, God was making sure it got settled right in heaven. And so the whole disposing was of the Lord. The Lord was the one that made sure the lot came out right. Hence the times in scripture where the lot was cast and God used that to answer questions that man could not answer. And so we found this lot being cast when it came to dividing land under Joshua. We found that the lot was cast in the book of Numbers. We found that the lot was cast in in Chronicles. We found that the lot was cast to find out who was guilty on the ship that Jonah was on and it fell on Jonah. We found 
not the lot was cast when Judas had to be replaced and Matthias was chosen, the, the replacement of the disciples in Acts chapter 1. We found out they were even casting lots over Jesus' garments. There were many times that lots were cast, and listen to me, it was chance. Listen, you flip a, you flip a coin on, on the football field and it lands on heads for one team. Listen to me, that ain't God doing, I mean, it's just where the coin landed. But in the Bible times, God was actually, according to Proverbs chapter 16, even though they were doing it by chance, God was making it happen. God did that in times when they did not have the proper means to discern his will. For you and for me, we don't need to flip coins. We don't need to cast straws. We certainly don't need to read palms because you and I have access to what they did not have at that time. And that, my friend, is the precious word of God. We have access to the ministry of the Holy Ghost who's living inside of us. And we have access to prayer through our intercessor, Jesus Christ, our advocate. So this practice is no longer sanctioned in Scripture, but this is something that happened. And here's what the Jews were saying. We're going to name it after Pur and call it Purim because what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And last week I told you that we need to make sure that when we're in the process of distinctly characterizing what God is doing in our lives, we don't just want to remember what God did successfully, but we also want to be reminded of what the devil tried unsuccessfully. Aren't you glad, listen to me, aren't you glad that the successes of God highlight the failures of Satan? Let me say that again. The successes of God highlight the failures of sin. Listen, the devil's always trying to outdo God, but he can't do it. I said he can't do it. And we need to make sure that we name things and label things. And humanly speaking, we make intentional efforts to make sure that we don't forget that God tried it and did it. The devil tried it and failed. God said it and it came true. The devil said it and it was a lie. God delivered me and I was delivered. Satan tried to kill me and he failed. How many of you are glad tonight that when the devil wanted you, mercy said no? And so this is what the name did. The name brought back a reminder. Tonight, let me give you something to grab a hold of by way of deliberate continuation. Deliberate continuation. The distinct characterization. We named it because it was what Haman used to try to find when to kill us. But now we're going to make a deliberate continuation. They undertook as they had begun, 23, 24. Talked about Pur and Haman, 25. Esther came, commanded the letters that this wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return on his own head, his sons on the gallows, 26. Wherefore they called the Purim, the day's Purim after the name Pur. Look at 27. The Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seat and upon all such that joined themselves unto them. This is deliberate. Here's what they said. You ain't have to be a Jew, but if you run with us, you're going to celebrate what we celebrate. When you hang with us, you can be a non-Jew, but when you hang with us, you're going to celebrate what the Jews are celebrating. Hey, listen, you may not know what we're talking about, but we're going to tell you, you can't hang with us and not hang with our God. Somebody help me preach tonight. We have Christian people who are willing to set aside their God for association and fellowship. Listen to me. There are areas in our lives that should be flexible, adaptable, adjustable. God's not one of them. God's not one of them. All that join themselves. That's what the verse says. 
Everyone in verse number 27 that joined us. Remember what the passage told us earlier? It told us earlier in, in our, in our, earlier in this chapter that there were people because of fear of the Jews, they saw what God had done for them. Other people in those provinces that weren't Jews said, we want to hang with y'all because the way y'all, God takes care of y'all, we want him to be our God. Now listen, listen, I'm asking you, how good does God look in your life that lost people want to be around you? And so here are these folks in the earlier chapters. The Bible says that these, these folks started hanging around the Jews because they liked what they saw in the Jews, even their enemies. All of a sudden, because of fear, the Bible says all these officers and lieutenants. Go back to verse number nine, chapter 9, verse number 2. Look at 2 and 3 so you don't think I'm just embellishing. Look at it. The Jews gathered themselves together in the cities throughout all the provinces of King Azra to lay hand on such as such sought them hurt. And no man could withstand them for what? Fear of them fell upon all the people. Look at third number, verse number three. All the rulers of the provinces. These are the who's who in the king. And these are not Jews. Okay? These are Persians. Lieutenants, deputies, officers helped the Jews. Because the fear of Mordecai fell on them. Nobody wanted to mess with Mordecai because Mordecai proved that he was with God. And God proved he took care of his people. Stand with God, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear me? I said, stop letting the world scare you out of your Christianity when your God is bigger than their fear. Stand with God. Four, Mordecai was great in the king's house and his fame went out through all the provinces. So these are all of the people that joined themselves, back to 27, if you would. They joined themselves unto them, all of them in their seat, so as it should not fail. It should not fail. Say those words with me. It should not fail. Say it again. It should not fail. Here's the pressure on the Jews. We can't let this celebration fail. We can't let it die out. This can't be something we used to celebrate and it drifted off. This can't be something we used to have and we don't have it anymore. This can't be something that used to be on the calendar and it's no longer scheduled. This can't be something that used to be something we got together and did and we don't do it anymore. Listen to me. We, maybe we don't eat crabs this year. Maybe we don't have a cookout this year. Maybe we don't get together and go to our favorite amusement park this year. Maybe we don't have a long such and such. Listen, these things in life come and go. But when it comes to celebrating the deliverance of God in our lives, watch this now, we better make sure it doesn't fail. That's what they were saying. And the onus, the onus on that continuation was on them to keep these two days, verse 27, according to their writing, according to their appointed time every year, almost finished, 28. And that these days should be what? And that these days should be what? Remembered and what? Throughout what? Every generation, next phrase, every family, come on now, every what? And every what? And that these days of Purim, say it again, should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seat. Listen to me now. It wasn't on God to keep the celebration. It was on his people. Deliberate continuation. 
You know what that tells me? Anything I don't deliberately continue in my Christian life when it comes to celebrating God will not continue on his own. Let me ask you a few questions to close the message tonight. Whose fault is it you got over your salvation? Well, you know, I need to keep telling, keep telling people the story. They get tired of hearing. Wait, 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 wait. Ask Paul. And at midday, a light came shining on me, and I, I fell down, and some boy said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Who art thou, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Who's not person? He told Agrippa. He told Festus. He told... Well, he's standing, standing up in front of Felix. What are you going to do? Same old story. Then he goes up in up on Mars Hill, same old story. Then he goes into Athens where these people, where, the, where Pausanias, the Greek writer, tells us you are more likely to see a false god than you were a human being. Oh, Paul, this is probably a good time probably to keep your, your little testimony to yourself because these folk crazy here. You bring it up, you're liable to get killed. No, 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 no. See, I'm not just telling you my testimony for you. I'm telling you it for me. I need to keep reminding myself, God save me. We we too big talking about too much stuff. Oh, everything's wrong. Everything, you know. Some people, it don't matter how good God is. They want to keep talking about everything that's bad. Are you that? What is it? Negative Nelly? Is that what it is? Negative Nelly? Nancy, negative, nay-nay, not nay-nay, no, 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 Nisi, nay-nay is not, nay-thang is not negative. But you know what? Don't be, listen, don't be a Christian person that picks your limited amount to talk for negativity. Huh? Here's what he says. We're going to make sure we remember the goodness of God. That's why we need singing at church. You need to sing. Well, I can't sing, Pastor. I know. <laughs> but you're not singing for competition. You're singing to rehearse the goodness of God. Because you need a physical aid for your memory. Huh? Don't you have memory aids for other stuff? To try to remember your passwords? You know what they say? Make, a, make up a password that nobody can guess. And you make up one you can't remember. <laughs> you can't. Did you, you got, did you pick a tough password? Yeah, so tough I don't even know it. Your favorite thing on the computer is forgot your password? <laughs> okay. Listen, we have memory aids for everything except for the goodness of God. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help. Has it been so long that you don't even talk about it anymore? Come on. We need these songs. We, we need these messages. We need verses up. Screensavers. Bumper stickers. Come on. Music playing. Ringtones. 
Get something to remind you. I mean, you're, you're sitting there, got the old devilish ringtone. You need something to remind you of the goodness of God. Something. And stop being, by the way, the world has just come out one of the most difficult times in American history with a global pandemic. And listen to me, you and I could spend all night tonight talking about all the bad stuff that has happened in the last three years. But meanwhile, across the back, God's been good. We got new roof, we got new floors, we got new screens, we got new members, we got people in the middle of a pandemic who've gotten healed of cancer, sustained, and God has, listen to me, we can't keep bringing up and remembering it. And by the way, you got people in your life that keep wanting to remembering everything wrong you've done. Delete them, mute them, ignore them. Who want to keep bringing up? You didn't do this, you didn't do that. Listen, God has been good to this. There's a whole lot more this church can do, but let's not forget what God has done. And let's make sure that we grab the bull by the horns and make sure not only that we celebrate it now, but every generation behind us does too. I want to make sure I leave my children a lot of money. Them old bad actors on the, on the TV. Honey, when I die, I don't want you to, to pay for me. When the, you know, y'all seen them commercials where they had that? Yeah. Mama does not want you to have to pay for me. Cause so I want you to order this policy so when I'm gone, you will not have to pay. I said, where'd they find these people from? <laughs> Just terrible. Oh, mommy, don't talk about it. Oh, yes, I will. I'm just, you know, listen, nobody wants to leave their kids in debt. Everyone wants to leave their kids money. And good for you. Good for me, we leave our kids money. But we better leave them not just money. We better leave them a memory. When I'm gone, don't forget God. Let's make sure we put the necessary things in place so that God is not forgotten. Oh, God, help us. Thank you for being good. All the songs have just been right what we need tonight. The goodness of God. Mercy said no. And now, deliberate continuation. Every province, every family, and the sea. Oh, God help us. Bless and guide and direct. And I pray for Pastor Mike and Laura and their travel this week that you give them safety as well. Touch mom's body, heal her, and keep dad safe too, and all these others that all of us keep us safe. But God help us in the middle of mess not to forget you. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen and amen. And amen. Say amen one more time.